Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. Hi, friends. I'm excited to jump back into the book of Ruth. Aubrey did a fantastic job kicking us off last week. This beautiful, short, but profound story of ordinary people participating in God's chesed and the beautiful things that happen when they do. Uh, As we jump into chapter two, if you haven't already, I invite you to pause and read chapter two we get started. Uh, So we left off chapter one. Naomi had returned to Bethlehem with her daughter-in-law, Ruth, the Moabitess. And Ruth is a foreigner in a new town, doesn't know anybody except for Naomi. Uh, They come back empty. They've got nothing. But Ruth goes right to work. I love the way this book depicts these women these resilient women uh, stands in such sharp and stark contrast to the book of Judges that ends with the dehumanization of women, the abuse of women. Uh, But here they are honored, they're respected, their character is valued as it should be. Uh, In chapter two, we meet Boaz. We're introduced to a new character and he's identified as being of the family of Elimelech. And that name, which Aubrey told us last week, means my God is king. It's just been rattling around in my brain. And it's, I think it's really significant in this story. My God is king. Because of the context where Israel longed to have a king, a human king. And God said, I am your king. And they rejected that idea. And Judges closes with, there was no king in Israel. And the people did whatever was right in their own eyes. But now... We meet Boaz, who is of the family of my God is king. And Ruth is of the family of my God is king. Not only are they of the family, but they live their lives with Yahweh as their king. It's a beautiful picture of what it looks like when people yield their lives to God as king. There are three blessings in this chapter that I think are really important for us to take note of. The first is of Boaz coming to his field and um, he greets his workers. May the Lord be with you. And they respond, may the Lord bless you. And this is a a, probably a fairly common greeting actually, Uh, but just because it's common doesn't mean it's not powerful and significant. One, I think it highlights the, the mutuality, the respect Uh, and the honor that is given between Boaz and his workers, and his workers back to Boaz, who signals his character. But even more importantly, I think it invites us to notice the Lord be with you. The Lord is present in these fields. And the Lord bless you. The Lord is blessing Boaz and bringing blessing through Boaz, which we see in the next prayer of blessing that Boaz prays over Ruth in in verse 12. And I think this is a crucial verse in this whole chapter uh, because we see um, 
this beautiful interplay of God's hesed at work. Boaz has heard the story of Ruth. He's heard her backstory. He's wowed by her commitment and her devotion. And he prays over her. May the Lord reward your behavior. And may your wages be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And I think this is such a beautiful and powerful affirmation of what Ruth has done. Boaz is acknowledging what Ruth did in chapter one, where she left her family and where she declared to Naomi, your God will be my God. He's affirming that commitment to make Yahweh her king and blessing her for it. And Boaz is also then opening himself up to be the, the pipe through which God's blessing comes. He's highlighting that it's God who is the source of this blessing. Um, God is the ultimate blesser. Um, but he also is saying, I'm not just going to pray this because God is blessing me and giving me the opportunity to be the vehicle through which Ruth and Naomi will be blessed by God. So it's just uh, such an important um, thing for us to notice that Boaz is highlighting the Hesed of God, but in his actions, he becomes the pipe through which God's Hesed comes. And that's a, a powerful reminder for us when we pray blessing over others to be open to how God might want to use us to be blessing in their lives. And the third blessing is Naomi responding when Ruth comes back with this abundance of grain. She speaks of Boaz, may he be blessed of the Lord who has not withdrawn his kindness from the living and the dead. Now, the last time we hear Naomi talking about the Lord, she is talking about how the Lord has afflicted her in her deep grief over losing her husband and two sons. She's feeling that suffering. Um, But even in her statement, I think it's important that we notice it. It seems that she's still clinging to faith. She still has faith in the sovereignty of God in the midst of her circumstances and what has happened to her. She still acknowledges God's sovereignty. But now there's this beautiful shift shift from that clinging to faith in God's sovereignty to this blossoming of faith and hope in the goodness and kindness, the chesed of God. And so there's just this igniting of hope within Naomi as she has the faith to see the ways in which God is blessing her through the favor that has been shown from Boaz and the work that Ruth is doing. So she has those eyes of faith and now that faith is blossoming in the goodness and love of God as as famine has been turned to abundance and as despair is turned to hope, there's this just powerful shift in this story. Um, <clears throat> I love that she says, has not withdrawn his kindness from the living or the dead. Uh, and I wonder who she's talking about in that. Uh, there's part of me that thinks she, she might be thinking that she was the dead one whose faith has now been revived and she's coming alive because of the goodness of God. Change is happening. 
Now, all of this chapter um, is, is actually centered around this practice, this gleaning practice, which is rooted in Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19 gives us the backdrop of this chapter. Leviticus 19 starts off with God in his covenant agreement with the Israelites, be holy as God is holy. And then later in that chapter, we have a familiar command that Jesus actually quotes, to love your neighbor as yourself. And in between there, we have verses 9 and 10, which is God instructing the people how to practice holiness, how to reflect God's holiness and reflect God's love by the way they handle their crops. It says, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Now, Boaz is practicing obedience to this command. There is no sense of legalism in what he's doing. He's going above and beyond because he has caught the heart of this law. He's caught the heart of this covenant that this is God's intention to demonstrate his has said and to uh, have people participate in that. And so we see this beautiful picture of Boaz who captures the heart of the, of the law that is fulfilled by love, as Paul writes in the New Testament. And as Jesus says, this, this is the greatest commandment, love God and love your neighbor. And this gleaning practice is one way, one beautiful, powerful way you can do that. There's actually lots of modern examples and through history of the ways in which this gleaning practice has transformed lives and transformed communities. Uh, I'm going to share an article from Christianity Today called The Gleaner's Edge that has um, some great examples. I invite you to read it. I'm giving it to the house church shepherds. But I want to share one from, from our own life that Jenny and I witnessed uh, in, in Philadelphia, the question is Pat's or Geno's, right? Who makes the better cheesesteak? Well, in Chicago, that question is not about, um, <clears throat> about cheesesteaks. It's about deep dish pizza. So Jenny and I lived there for seven years. And the question is Giordano's or Lou Malnati's? And for, for us, the, the, the winner is clear, and it's not based on the pizza. Um, I think it's a toss-up on the pizza. But there's one clear winner, and it's because we lived in Lawndale. Uh, it's a neighborhood on the west side of Chicago, an underserved, under-resourced neighborhood. But there's powerful things happening in that community, uh, especially through churches. And Wayne Gordon, who goes by Coach, uh, was the founding pastor of Lawndale Christian Community Church, uh, as well as um, the Lawndale Christian Community Development Corporation, He's done powerful work there. Uh, and Coach uh, had a relationship with two brothers, Rick and Mark, who were familiar with what he was doing in, in the Lawndale neighborhood. And Coach approached them with a radical idea of a tithe. They had, he knew they had opened their ninth pizza restaurant in the area. And he proposed to them, what if you saw your 10th restaurant, one-tenth of your restaurant, so your 10th restaurant would be a tithe to God, for the sake of the Lawndale community. What if you opened it in Lawndale, an area lacking uh, sit-down restaurants? And they agreed. 
they agreed to open a restaurant in Mondale. And not only was it a tithe, but it actually became this gleaning place where men from the Lawndale Hope House who were trying to re-enter society after being in prison or recovering from substance abuse, this now became a place where they had employment opportunities and opportunities to receive job training. Now, things didn't go particularly great financially. For the first 15 years, this location did not make any profits. In fact, it cost Rick and Mark uh, over a million dollars putting into this. And they, they were forced, um, every year they were faced with this decision, would it actually be better to just close this restaurant down and, and donate the profits, donate from the profits of our other restaurants to support this community. But they saw the deeper work that was happening, the beautiful transformation taking place through this gleaning space that they created, not only in the lives of those um, from the Hope House, but also in the, employee, in the employees that they were providing for the restaurant. There was transformation happening as they were in community here. Um, and so they continued with it. And finally, after 15 years, the rest of this location finally turned a profit. Uh, the profit was immediately poured right back into the Lawndale community supporting kids programs. Uh, and now, 30 years later, um, Lou Malnati's deep dish pizza continues to serve the kingdom of God in the Lawndale neighborhood by offering a great gleaning space where families can sit down, gather together, enjoy uh, a meal where friends can get together and where workers have powerful employment opportunities. And I share that because I think it's a just another powerful witness of what God's law intends. When, when the heart of God's law is practice, powerful transformation happens. And so I'll invite us just to, I, I wonder what kingdom dreams we might glean from this beautiful story of Ruth and from the story of the Malnati's. I wonder what margins we could create, what space we could create in our own lives for the marginalized in our communities. I wonder what opportunities we have in our families, in our work, in our communities to practice tangible expressions of God's has said. And I wonder when we pray blessing over people, uh, what happens when we're open to the, the reality that God might be inviting us to be the pipes of that blessing, to answer those prayers in the lives of people we pray blessing over. So friends, I hope you enjoy digging into Ruth. Uh, there's a lot to glean from this. Sorry for that. Uh, little pun, but um, it's a great book. Um, blessings to you as you dive deep. Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.